Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Mark 15. And as I read verse 44, I was struck by this question. Why was Pilate surprised that Jesus had already died? When I was in high school, one of my friends planned a surprise party for me. And this was around the time that Taylor Swift's Red album came out, but more specifically, the song 22, which if you haven't heard, it's a song about a 22-year-old's birthday party. And one of the lines says, it feels like the perfect night for breakfast at midnight. So because I liked Taylor Swift so much, my friend planned a surprise birthday party for me at midnight with all of my friends, and we met at IHOP for breakfast. But it was a surprise party. I didn't know that's what we were doing. So long story short, the plan was, or at least what I thought was happening, was that my friend was sleeping over, but she'd forgotten her contacts, so we had to drive down the road to get them. But we got to the stoplight, and instead of turning left into her neighborhood, she handed me a blindfold and made me put it on. And my parents knew about this plan. Everyone was in on it. But at one point, it just started to feel like I'd been in the car for a really long time. I was a little suspicious because I didn't know everyone knew. I didn't know where we were going. So I decided to take off my blindfold and just do a little peek. And much to my surprise, my friend, well, she was texting and driving. So all my trust went out the window, and I refused to wear the blindfold while we were in the car because I was convinced I could have died that night or that this night might be my last night to live. And I was surprised to see her texting and driving, but I was even more surprised when we arrived at IHOP to celebrate my birthday and all my friends were there. It was awesome. One surprise was bad, but the other was good. Have you ever felt either of those surprise feelings? A good surprise, which is typically fun, or a bad surprise where you feel unsettled, unsafe, or just confused? I start there because I think Pilate's surprise in verse 44 would fall somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And we're going to explore why, but first, let's read the verses. Mark 15, verse 44. Pilate was surprised to hear that he, Jesus, should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. Verse 45. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. So why was Pilate surprised, and what kind of surprise was it? One commentator said this, It was unusual that a crucified person died so quickly. So Pilate, naturally, verified Jesus' death. Mark noted that a Roman centurion confirmed Jesus' death to prove to his Roman readers that Jesus really had died. Perhaps some Romans who'd observed crucifixions would have had trouble believing that Jesus was dead since they knew of crucified criminals who had lingered for days. It was also unusual to give the corpse of a person condemned for treason to anyone but a near relative. Consequently, Pilate's willingness to give Jesus's body to Joseph shows that he really did not believe that Jesus was guilty of treason. This is the only place in the New Testament where someone referred to Jesus' dead body as a corpse. Mark's use of the word further stressed the reality of Jesus' death. So here's what we know. Number one, Pilate would have been familiar with the death by crucifixion process. Unlike today, when executions are made as quick and as painless as possible, executions in Pilate's day were long and drawn out. 
criminals would typically hang for two to three days before dying. It was excruciating. So Pilate might have initially been surprised and confused, but Tim Challies points out, indeed, the thieves who hung on either side of him had to have their death hastened by the breaking of their legs in order to die before the start of the Sabbath. Jesus, though, spent only a few hours on the cross before he died. And that's number two. The second thing we know is that this specific execution had to be sped up because they wanted to finish it before the start of the Sabbath. We know that executions typically lasted multiple days, but this one, it was likely expedited due to the Sabbath. So then why, if the Sabbath was approaching, was Pilate surprised that Jesus had died so quickly? Well, Chalice makes two astute observations to help us understand. He wrote, The Gospels of Mark and Luke say that after crying out his final words, Jesus breathed his last. Matthew, though, says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. John says Jesus gave up his spirit. The significance of this wording is that it shows that Jesus was in control of the timing of his death. He did not die because his body could take no more punishment or because of blood loss. He died because he decided it was time to die. And we see further support of this idea that Jesus died because he knew it was his time, supported in John 10, as Charlie points out in his second observation. Let me read you the last three-ish paragraphs of this article. The second key is found in the Gospel of John. John 10, 17 through 18 reads, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Ultimately, nobody took Jesus' life from him. He freely gave it up in order to save those whom he loved. When his work on the cross was complete, he, as God, as the one in control, allowed his spirit to leave his body. His work was complete, and there was no reason for the physical suffering to continue. So the very moment he had completed the purpose for which he came, his work of atonement on our behalf, he yielded up his spirit. Though Jesus' suffering may have lasted for less time than that of the men hanging on either side of him, and far less than many who were crucified before and after him, it was not the duration of his suffering that achieved our salvation, but rather the intensity of his suffering. During the time he was on the cross, Jesus perfectly satisfied God's demand for justice for our sin. The suffering he endured was far beyond human comprehension. Think about that. At any time, he could have caused it to end, but he waited until it was finished and until he had accomplished the work he had covenanted with his Father to perform on our behalf. Through it all, though, he retained control. Jesus did not lose his life, Chalice concludes. He gave it. Let me say that again. Jesus did not lose his life. He gave it. For some, questions about things like Pilate's surprise can grow seeds of doubt or confusion. But for others, if we take the time to study them, we'll find that some of the most puzzling or out-of-the-box unexpected questions can be used by God to immensely deepen our faith. Today, I've been encouraged by the reminder that God is sovereign over time. He's in control over it, and He has been forever, and He will continue to be in control of time. Jesus could have stayed on the cross for a few more days, or He could have stayed on the cross for even less time. 
But as it was, he spent the perfect amount of time up there. God called him to be there, and he obeyed. I'm encouraged by the reminder that this obedience to the point of death came from a place of love. It was his love for both God and us that led him to stay there. As we finished reading the book of Mark today, I'd encourage you to spend some time reflecting on how your studies, the questions you've wrestled with, observations you've made, the points of application you highlighted, how have they grown your faith? Spend some time thanking God for his faithfulness to meet with us through his word. And then I'd encourage you to consider who you might want to ask to read along with you as we get ready to start the book of Hebrews. It's a great time for new friends or community group members to join us because on Monday, we'll start our study of Hebrews, and I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help. 